This episode of CougarCast is brought to you by Waveform Sleep. Oh, 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 I love my Waveform Sleep power base, is what I hope you just said, podcast listener. And if you didn't, what? Come on. I'm telling you, these things are awesome. Anti-snore mode makes the old lady pretty happy. Uh, TV is so much better to watch with this adjustable base. I tell you, I don't like the the whole pillow thing and shoving my neck, you know, up against the headboard and all that stuff. Just get that out of here. Let's just get that nice and aligned spine, nice position up, and oh, let's let's watch some TV in bed. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, so go check out the uh, warehouse sale they have going on at Waveform Sleep. Dot com uh, and when you get there put in a uh, promo code cougarcast when you go to waveform sleep put in promo code cougarcast at checkout you'll get 20% off your adjustable power base it is literally the best time with the best deal to get a power base for your bedroom it is a great upgrade i promise you your grandma and your grandpa they never complained about having an adjustable bed and you can find out why they never did that so waveformsleep.com cougarcast at checkout and uh let's upgrade your master bedroom for the holidays and now The Cougars of Brigham Young University are seven and oh, so fun to watch. Also, the number nine team in the Associated Press Top 25. What? And this week, they play their biggest game of the season, probably their only contest against another top 25 team as they played the Broncos of Boise State University. Up at Albertsons, it's your store stadium in Boise. With the Smurf Turf. It's a big one, folks. Let's talk about it. My name is Keith Shirts, and this is CougarCast. Friday night, 7.45 kickoff. BYU will play once again up in Boise on the Smurf turf. And let me just share this with you. Not that you need me to tell you, necessarily. But ladies and gentlemen, bad things happen in Boise. Very bad things happen in Boise. Especially if you're the BYU football team. Let's do a little history. Five trips up to Boise. This is number six. 
2004, the first time that we made our way up to Bronco Stadium. Final score, Boise State 28, BYU 27 after the Cougars go down by 16 points in the first quarter. They courageously fight their way back. A couple bombs to Todd Watkins and freshman Austin Colley. Curtis Brown has a nice night, and John Beck, of course, gave everybody all the signs as a sophomore that he was going to become John Beck, the man who teaches Zach Wilson. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Cougars go through it. It's also remembered maybe as the Matt Payne game. Really, he's uh, remembered because he had the two big hits on the punt returns. He was also the kicker for the Cougs, and with 23 seconds left... He misses wide left. Boise State wins. <sighs> That's 2004. 2012. Oh, this one's no fun. Riley Nelson has five turnovers, <laughs> including a pick six to a defensive tackle. Which Jesse Palmer, who was the color commentator, said, fat guy, touchdown, fat guy, touchdown. It turns out to be the only points Boise State scores. They score seven points against that Kyle Van Noy defense, best defense uh, that the Cougars had was in 2012. Seven points is all Boise State could get on the board. Cougars score late in the fourth quarter. Uh, Taysom Hill comes in. Uh, after you know, after Riley Nelson's five turnovers, he does go down the field, ninety-five yards. He does get in. Bronco Mendenhall makes the decision to go for two. Cougars do not get it. Boise State wins. Bad things happen on the blue turf. Bad things happen in Boise. Okay, two thousand fourteen. It's the only one that hasn't really been close up there. Uh, Boise State 55, BYU 30. And I remember this as the game <laughs> where uh, the the week before this, the Cougar defense looked really bad. So Bronco, Bronco Mendenhall took the defensive play calling duties away from Nick Howell and said, I'm calling the defensive plays this week. And then his team went out there with his defensive calls and gave up 55 points to Kellen Moore and the Boise State Broncos, 55-30, so it's the only spanking. Still, bad things happen in Boise, 55 points, yikes. 2016, familiar score, Boise State 28, BYU 24. This is the, oh my gosh, I can't believe how bad that was game. This is the, uh, (laughs) this is like maybe one of, it's on my all-time list of the what just happened game. Uh, this this game, Boise State turned over the football five times. BYU did not turn over the football. BYU had two defensive touchdowns, and they lost. That's right. BYU became the first team in the history of college football to lose a game while being plus five in turnover margin and scoring two defensive touchdowns. Taysom Hill, 21 for 42. For 180 yards, no touchdowns. Yikes. Cougars had a positive (laughs) starting field position. Their average starting field position was on 
the Boise State side of the 50, and the Cougar offense could only muster up 13 points. But uh, you'll remember Fred Warner's pick six, probably the biggest, uh, most memorable Fred Warner play. And uh, Diane Lake uh, this season also had a 50-yard interception return for a touchdown. Uh, he would later become Diane Guanwoloku. Um, ugh. Anyway, uh, Cougars had a Hail Mary pass right at the buzzer and did not uh, get it. It was knocked away in the end zone. So there you go. Uh, horrific, horrific. This is also the Johnny Linehan. Uh, the Cougars, he's standing with his heels in the back of the end zone. It's fourth and night 18, and we're going to have Johnny Linehan run it. Good grief. And somehow Boise State didn't score in that scenario. They missed their field goal. Um, so that wasn't the difference maker, but man. So, uh, yeah, now the 20, I know I talked about that one for a long time, but a particularly bad, bad, bad day, uh, for Taysom Hill, uh, particularly bad, bad, bad coaching day for <laughs> Kalani Satake. It was his first season. Uh, so anyway, yeah, yikes. Boise State 28-27 as the Cougars become the first team in college football history to be plus five in turnover margin with two defensive touchdowns and lose a football game. Bad things happen in Boise. 2018. You'll remember this. Boise State 21, BYU 16. Seven seconds left. The Cougars are on the four-yard line. Cougars snap the football. They go for it right then. They're out of timeouts. Could have spiked. Did not spike. Zach Wilson tries to make a play. Pressure comes. He gets to the two-yard line and is tackled. Boise State wins again. Right, (laughs) you know, it comes down to the very last minute except for uh, 2014. So, Five trips up to Boise, four games that were total heartbreak uh, within a one score and within a play that happened during the final minute of the game and in most cases during the final 10 seconds uh, of the game. Um, And then the shellacking in 2014. So there you go. Zach Wilson comes up short in 2018 against Boise State. So piecing all of this together... I think it's pretty clear bad things happen in Boise. Oh, and five. So what can we expect to happen in Boise in 2020? Answer, bad things. Bad things. Things that won't look like they're bad, and then somehow we'll find a way to turn it bad. Somehow we might be plus five in turnover and have two defensive touchdowns. I don't know how, but we're still going to lose the game. Uh, because bad things are going to happen. What are going to happen? What's going to happen Friday night? Bad things. Bad things. So can this group overcome those bad things? We'll see. Second, I don't know why, but I have a feeling like even though it's gone so bad for BYU up there in Boise, they've gotten... Boise's gotten every break up up that way. I feel like last year in 2019 with a third string quarterback, 
Baylor-Romney, Cougars win 28-25. Become the first loss for that Boise State team. Kind of blows up their dream of things that are going. Uh, You know, I just kind of feel like... Of course they were going to be motivated for this game, but, you know, we played spoiler in a big way. Now, they ended up losing their bowl game. But still, I kind of feel like... <laughs> the karma? Like they owe us one sort of thing? Does that make sense? I'm a little nervous about kind of the football gods sort of saying, well, we let you guys win in 2019 when and kind of blow up their undefeated year. Maybe 2020, you know, it's Boise State's turn to kind of blow up the Cougars' undefeated year. I don't know. It just kind of feels like feels like that might be around the corner. If that makes sense. I I don't know why. I just keep having this like sense of like of the 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 cosmos <laughs> being at play here, and I just think the energy, the juju. As it relates to those things, also uh, also worrying for me. And there's too many things that kind of line up in that way. So first of all, I just I don't like that we're up there, and I also don't like um, I don't like the 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 juju <laughs> uh, overall, which is you know so it's, it's really weird. It's a really bizarre thing. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, Boise State. What they've accomplished this year. October 24th, they played the first game of the season. Uh, they played up there in Boise and absolutely destroyed Utah State 42-13. Uh, last week, they played at Air Force and cruised 49-30. to I like that Air Force team. They had a good season last year. They do some interesting things. and uh, and And Utah State is typically been interesting but of course they had a, a bad week against San Diego State but those are the you know the two best teams in the Mountain West Air Force uh you know anyway so for the Aggie's sake just kind of analyzing those things Air Force is sort of a uh, uh an up-and-coming team maybe the third or fourth best team you know in the in the Mountain West Conference so they're not you know super slouchy but they they went out there and scored 49 points uh, they were able to score some points though, thirty. But that's because Air Force's offense is pretty, pretty interesting in what they do. Uh, Brian Harson quietly, quietly, has been at Boise State now for for many years. Um, this is his <clears throat> seventh year uh, as the uh, man in charge of the uh, Boise State Broncos, and obviously he's been incredible during that stretch. Sixty six and seventeen. That's that is doing some work. And it shows you the position that Boise State has where you go, well, if you're going to knock him, it's just he hasn't had a super duper special season. He's just had two seasons where he's been 12 and 2. <laughs> right? Two two loss, two loss, three losses, three losses, three losses, and then he had a four loss season. Uh, but his worst year is 9 and 4. That's that's pretty darn commendable. Um Last year, Boise State finished the season ranked 23rd. Season before that, 23rd. Season before that, 22nd. So they are on a uh, three-year run of being a top 25 team at the end of the college football season. Uh, 
And uh, they're on their way again. Here they are. They're ranked 21st in America as they enter into their third game of the season. Uh, Hank Bachmeyer, which sounds like, like, I mean, he's a good quarterback, and maybe I'm used to, I don't know, he just, it sounds like a, a Boise State quarterback. Like, you know, they had Zabransky and Bachmeyer and Rippin. <laughs> they have these kind of guys. Uh, you know, Kellen Moore doesn't really fit that perfectly, but you, you understand what I'm getting at. Uh, it, it just it sounds like a, he's out anyway. He's not going to be playing. Uh, the backup quarterback is going to, going to be the man in charge, Jack Sears, and he had a great debut against Air Force. 19 for 23, that's 82% completion, 219 yards, that is 12.7 yards per attempt, three touchdowns, no interceptions for a quarterback rating of 231.9. So Sears played great, looked real composed, 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 and composed. A combination of poised and composed. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, he, he he was obviously fantastic last week. It looked like he had a real comfortable command of, of what it is that they try to do out there um, with Boise. And the other thing is, is I really like his size. You know, he's a, a transfer from USC. He's a six foot two uh, kid. I, I just, I really liked the way he looked and he looks like you know a thing he looks like a <laughs> a thing and uh as the junior quarterback he he is he looked very comfortable um for what what it was that he needed to do um the other part is is he can move a, a little bit uh they used him in spots and, and he had a rushing touchdown last week um five rushes for 36 yards that's just one of those things i don't think you need to spy uh, Jack Sears. I don't think you need to game plan in that sort of you know aggressive way, but you do need to pay attention uh, to him and not take him lightly. I, after all, we saw last year a third string quarterback can win in this sort of game. Um, so be mindful of that. They've got a pair of running backs that I really like. Um, I, I, personally, George Halani I think is much scarier. Than Andrew Van Buren, even though Van Buren has scored more touchdowns, Halani is averaging 6.6 yards per carry. He's more dangerous out of the backfield. He's got three catches on the year through the two games, but um, for 11 y- yards apiece, and it sort of lines up like a little bit like uh, what we have with Algier and with uh, Katoa. They, they've got two options with Van Buren and Holani, but George Holani, I think, is the one that could really um, hurt the Cougars. In the past game, Shakir, of course, is back. He is uh, obviously a very dangerous wide receiver, 13 catches through two games, 213 yards. On the other side, they're using Thomas, and uh, he is their deep threat guy. If they're going to have a big, game-breaking, huge play, um, CT Thomas has been their guy for that this year. He's averaging over 30 yards a catch. So that's one of those, you know, Troy Warner, don't let him get over the top sort of guys. Don't expect that sort of downfield thing to happen anyway with what, with what Elisa Tuyaki likes to do defensively. But here's the deal. 
I, as you, as you look at what they have on offense, you, you like, you really like, you know, Holani, I think is a nice running back. I, Sears, it'll be in his second game. Uh, but I think he'll be all right. I, you know, I don't think he's, the, the good news with Boise is they have never run an offense where it was so dependent on the quarterback. Um, they've they've always <laughs> been interested in spreading it around and making sure that the the running backs carried the load and um, they put the receivers in space and have kind of quick bubble screen looks. They they really try to make it so that it's not about the quarterback having to throw somebody open or use his shoulders to to create some space or you know read the defense to to such a significant level. Um, when they have a quarterback that can do that, then they go to the you know the next level. They get really really good. But typically, you know. Boise doesn't really require that. It's just a bonus if the guy can do it. They're able to move the football and score points regardless. And so they've got a lot of a lot of places they can go, a lot of talent there. Um, the other thing that I think is is particularly interesting is that through their first two games, eleven players have run the football. <laughs> eleven players have run the football through two games. Ten players have caught a pass so far through the season. So, you know, there's lots of guys who get a chance to touch the football. They will stay fresh. And this is the thing that I worry about a little bit is that when we played Houston, we made a bet and this is part of the bet that you make with Elisa Tuyaki is that you, you make the bet that we're going to give you time as a quarterback and we're going to bet that you can't beat us. That you can't do enough to harm us. And I think that's fine. And most times that's fine. But it's a problem when you play a team that's disciplined like Boise State and knows how to pick their spots and get the football moving without having the quarterback play like a superstar. And that being said, Jack Sears was incredible last week, right? He was great against Air Force. But so he's playing at a high level, then you're in, in real trouble. But typically you, you, you're fine if you say, we got so many people out there, we're playing so much zone, we're bringing three, but we're going to try to contain on the edge. Don't let you get loose over there and then, you know, rally to the football. So there aren't a lot of running lanes for you to scramble and pick it up. So now you're going to be dancing in there and then hopefully, you know, we get a little pressure on you before you and you panic. I think that Boise not relying on the quarterback to be exceptional makes that strategy less effective against Houston. We did it. And the, and their quarterback was able to have success against BYU's defense. He was able to solve the problem of, of dropping back, you know, eight, <laughs> having no pressure and dropping eight and where the pressure then is, is the pressure isn't a physical pressure. 
the pressure is, becomes a mental pressure of like having to make the right decisions along the way. And and typically the Cougars have been fine this year. Houston was able to get past it. Um, and then the difference was made in the fourth quarter because BYU's defense with how much they use their depth was fresher than Houston's offensive line. And the next thing you know, um, in particular, Zach Daw had a great fourth quarter uh, because they were they were in better shape. They were more ready to play. And part of that was, is I think they had a couple more games than Houston, but part of it was just they used their depth and they rotated who's on the field. So I think, I think I'm a little worried about stopping Boise State. Even though I like a lot of the guys on the BYU defense, I, I, I don't see them. Well, look, they've, they've gotten across the 40-point threshold in their first two weeks. I, I don't think the Cougars can win a football game against Boise State if Boise scores over 40. I don't think that they will score over 40, but I think it'll be more a function of the, the overall philosophy. And I think Elisa Tuiaki is looking at it and he's going, well, if we can hold these guys to 28, <laughs> make them really work and make them have four drives of over 10 yard, 10 play drives. Like, and, and maybe we get lucky and hold them to a couple field goals instead. Um, but I think he's, I think he's looking at it and going like, if we keep them under 30, I believe that will be enough to allow BYU to have a chance to win this game if they can score over 30. And I, you know, that may be all we need that defense to do. And obviously they're going to try to stop them as much as they can every play. But I, I just think if you were to, to, to talk about management for this thing, 28 is, is a little high. Obviously Broncos magic number was 24 and so he's thinking something like that. But I think if you could say, I bet if you could say that BYU's defense, if you could take that trade, right? Um, okay, we'll, we will <laughs> award you 24 points. I think, I think the BYU coaching staff would take that with the belief that they were going to be able to score uh, 25 points or more. And so the question is, is can they, can they actually keep it to that range? I think they're going to be close to being able to do that. And it will just because they're going to make it as plodding and as patient as they can. They're going to make Jack Sears have to make uh, some good choices. I think he will make good choices. I think Boise State is going to move the chains. I do think that the Cougars are going to get a little frustrated and fans are going to get a little frustrated because we're not going to get them off the field as much. And it's exciting to have Zach Wilson and the BYU offense on the field and see Dax Milne try to do his work. And so to me, this game is about the defense and their ability to manage and handle what Boise state does. I think that they can't allow any of the downfield stuff. If CT Thomas has, uh, you know, a couple 30 yard plays, if he, if he gets over the top, and they connect, that's an issue. Uh, Shakir, same deal. They're going to have to keep him in check. And I think I think that what, what, what we'll see is I think you're going to see the, the defense, again, play so conservatively and not play in a way where it's like, well, we're going to hold them to 10. Like, I just, that's just not going to happen. I think 
think you're going to see Boise at like 24, you know, 28 points along the way. And, and you hope that you made him work real hard for it every single time. If they get a couple easy ones, obviously that's real bad. <laughs> that's, that's real bad for the Cougars' chances to win. I mean, the, the margin for error in, in these games and up in Boise, as we've seen, has been so, so, so slim. So you've got to make it difficult on them all along the way. So I think, again, yeah, I think if you, they could take the four scoring drives from Boise State, maybe three touchdowns, hold them to a field goal, and each one took them you know, five minutes and 10, 10 12, 15 play drives. I actually think that that would be something that um, – because if they're driving those play totals up, again, the longer the play totals become, the, the more likely you are that uh, you know a false start, a, a holding, something like this is going to derail what's what's happening. And so, um, so you want to drive the play totals up. You want to try to get high totals like that and hope that you can get them to kind of fall over themselves. That's that's really the strategy here. In terms of turnovers and things like that, they forced a whole lot of them in 2016. I don't see that happening though uh, this this time around. I I think this will be a pretty clean game. I don't see a whole lot of mistakes in it. <clears throat> I just see I just see that being the the challenge. So four scoring drives I think is probably the goal. And uh, if you can get them, obviously 28 is the worst. And, uh, you know, if you could get them to, to a, a couple field goals and two touchdowns, that's obviously a huge win. You get them to down to 20. But, you know, if you talk about 24 points, maybe the Cougars would feel really good good about their opportunity to, to pick up a win, especially with how well the offense has been playing. Let's talk a little bit about BYU's offense going into this week. Here's the only thing that I'm a little um, stressed about. I, I have two things. One. Uh, and and I'll, the bigger one's coming second, so the bigger one will be number two. But the first is, I am st- stressed as always <clears throat> that the Cougars get the run game established. And I don't know what's going on because on I, I feel like t- t- it's not being talked about. There's not information anymore about injuries because teams have just decided to not ever talk about it. So... I have a feeling like Tyler Algier, Algier. I for some reason I can't say his name right. Ever, Tyler Algier. He, I feel like he's hurt, like or, or something. Like or it's like real sensitive, and he's toughing it out or something. I don't know. I just I've been paying attention, and he's had plays where he's really run hard, and he had it. He had that last week against Western Kentucky. He's he's had plays where it looks like he gets in the open field and he runs and things. But <clears throat> watch him after he takes a, a little bit of damage, after a hit or something like that. He's not just popping back up. He does get up and he does carry, but he goes to the sideline almost every single time, like instantly. He's not popping back up and like, get me back in the huddle. Let's hand it off to me again. I'm ready to cook more. He's like, he's getting up and and wanting to go to the sideline <laughs> Every single time. It's just something I've noticed over the last couple weeks. And I don't know. I don't know. It's just something I've seen with my eyes. And I think that he it's it's a little ginger. A little sensitive right now. Something. Something's up there. 
We've seen more Lapina Katoa anyway recently. So I combine those two things, and that's why I think something's up with, with Tyler Algier. But I think between Katoa and Algier, and uh, I think Sione Finau has looked pretty good when he's played in garbage time, so he might be getting more work. We'll see. But I think establishing that run is going to be huge. I know that the stars are Milne and and Zach Wilson <clears throat> for good reason, Gunnar Romney. But I would say that getting that run going and seeing if you can establish some of the ground game uh, is going to do the most to try to help the Cougars set things up to be effective on offense. Because the best way for BYU to score points has been on explosive plays. Big plays, big yardage gains, explosive plays down the field. That has been the key for the Cougars when they're running up scores early in games. That's how they do it. They got to get quick scores. BYU is not impervious to the same strategy, right? The longer the drive goes on, the the less likely they are <laughs> to score. It's I know that's like counterintuitive, but I think you understand. I've been talking about it a little bit. So the 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 point though is is that I think that the Cougars need to get the run going because the place where they've picked up big chunk yardage has been in play action. And they fake the handoff, and they get defensive players cheating and being jumpy and trying things. That's where they're finding these little windows to let it go. Part two, then. My bigger worry. So establishing the run is going to be huge. Uh, they will not score a lot of points against Boise State unless the run game gets going. So that's that's that. The thing I worry about the most in this game, and it's just a little thing I noticed, but, you know, against Western Kataya, it didn't matter. They got up early. They just started dominating early. It became less important for them (laughs) to be super clean. But we saw over the last couple weeks against Texas State, against Western Kentucky, uh, a little bit of casualness. Um, or, or Zach Wilson, just like, I wonder if I could fit the ball there. <laughs> like he's playing with such confidence that he, he is now kind of throwing these, these passes that are a little bit, um, the, uh, just, there's been a few and sometimes it's worked out, but a little bit like, Whoa, I can't believe he went for that. And part of it is, is just, you know, I think he understood the scenario we're up. Let's see if we can make that, that spot work. Um, but I, I would hope that against Boise, some of that decision-making becomes more reined in a little more disciplined. I still want him to trust his teammates to go and make a play. I I think it's been a huge thing for him to just kind of lay the ball out and say, Hey, go get it. You know, and he's even doing it to Isaac Rex. (laughs) He he's having these moments where he says, you know, I'm trusting you to go, to go get the football. He's doing it. With Gunnar Romney, he's doing it with Dax Milne, he does it with Isaac Rex. And, you know, it's interesting, it shows some maturity there. He doesn't really put other receivers in that spot. He's not, if you see Cosper, he's not put, or Hill, or if, uh, 
if he's got someone else out there, you know, running a route, you know, Pau, if those guys are running their routes, he, he doesn't put them in the spot where where they've got to go and get the football and win the exchange. He, he's really only throwing to those players when they're in rhythm and going to be open and have enough space to feel comfortable. Um, this thing of throwing the football and saying, hey, <laughs> I trust you to go to go get that thing. He's he's only picking his spots there with with uh, really it's it's Gunnar Romney and and Dax Milne. But he is he is actually starting to give some of that respect to Isaac Rex, which is really cool to see. Um, but I worry a little bit about when you've been up and and you know obviously in the Houston game they got punched in the in the mouth and were down big uh, with a couple minutes left of the third quarter and then they you know roared back but I, I just think that they um I worry when you've been playing such inferior teams uh, week after week and you get rolling and the game isn't interesting you know um, in the first half. And so then you start trying more and more things and you get looser and <laughs> and some of those choices that I, I worry about some of the habits that may have kind of started to sprout. So it's a it's a thing. I, I saw some of it, but you know, so the question is, is is reining that in and being disciplined enough to to stick away from that sort of thing against Boise State. Obviously you can't make too many mistakes against Boise in in Boise on the on the blue on the blue turf, and and, and come out of there with a win. Lots of uh, pretty talented players and playmakers and quarterbacks have tried to go, including Zach Wilson, and have come up short. So this is a, a big test. It's a big one for BYU getting past Boise State. If they were able to go to eight and zero and get past Boise State, they're they're certainly. Uh, are, are down to basically one one more challenge <laughs> for the rest of the year. So it, it's pretty pretty interesting. It's a big game, and I think I think it's interesting to think about how big is this game. It's been a long time since BYU was seven and zero, but um, there's people saying, "Oh, well, BYU hasn't played in a game this big." since 2001 or maybe it's they haven't been a game this big since 1996 when they played in the cotton bowl you know some people i saw some people say oh this is the biggest game they played in since 1984 um it's crazy it's crazy <laughs> uh I, I i would i would just like to submit that i think it's great that byu is playing a game Late in the year, even though it's weird and it's Boise State's third game, it's our eighth game, and you know, I don't know, maybe Boise's like a little healthier than we are, maybe because we've played, you know, Western Kentucky, Kentucky and Texas State, and we've been able to rest. Maybe that factor won't matter. Maybe we, because we've played more games, that'll help BYU. I have no idea. As always, this bizarre year and season continues to unfold, but I think. Um, <laughs> I, I just think the last time that BYU played like a really huge game and, and to have a really huge game and to be talking like this, what I want to say about that is, is that it, it's really cool. <laughs> it's, it's cool to have a game where you're like, wow, this is a big one. 
I would say that this is bigger, uh, a bigger spot than any game non right. Obviously, all the rivalry games are huge. I would say that the last time, I guess if you're going non, right, although Boise State's considered a rival, the last time where I was like, man, I really, really, really think that this is a huge game. Obviously, the the Holy War Bowl game was pretty cool. That would have been fun to have won. Obviously, we didn't. But that, that felt like a big game. Anytime you play Utah, it feels like a big game. But I, I think when you're talking about stakes, like... Well, if the Cougars get this one, now they got a chance to start dreaming about a New Year's Six Bowl game or something like that, right? Really, really high stakes. <sighs> I think the last time, I, I would say in that sense, that this is probably bigger than any game that BYU had in all of the 2010s. It wasn't as late into the season, but in 2009, in week three... BYU had beaten Oklahoma and then took care of business against Tulane, but then they welcomed Florida State, Christian Ponder and Florida State to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. They got killed by Florida State, but that was a really, really, really big spot that the Cougars blew. And then later in the season, they kind of recovered from that, and they they won the next four games, and they, they had that game against TCU, in 2009, they lost 38 to 7. So that was kind of a that felt like a pretty big game. I would say those were just as big as as this spot. Who knows? We'll see how the the rest of it plays out. How if in 2008 there was the the season where they started uh, 6 and 0, were highly ranked, highly ranked TCU team came into town and and or or we were we went to TCU and we we lost thirty two to seven, so there you go. Uh, I think that those were obviously huge stakes, huge stakes, with uh with a lot of prize kind of attached to the those games, and uh, and the Cougars weren't able to win those ones. So I don't like it when we get talking about like when was the last time we had a really, really big game with huge stakes. Some people are saying 2001 against Hawaii, but that game only became a meaningful game because they lost. So if we're talking about two ranked teams, undefeated, playing for a big spot, conference championship or national you know, ranking or, or you know, BCS consideration back in the day or whatever, I guess I'd go to that. I, I would say that 2009 game against Florida State, uh, obviously the one against Oklahoma to start the year, against Sam Bradford and Oklahoma Sooners, that was a pretty darn big game. So, but that's still long, like, it's a long time. I've created an entire, entirely different life since those games. I've been married. I've had three children since that's happened. So, <laughs> it's been a while. Been a while. I, I would say that this game against Boise State, bigger a bigger spot for BYU football than they've been in since 2009. Uh, and that's, an, that's, I guess, the last place I want to land on this is I worry about the fact that Boise State plays these really kind of big spot, big games. 
you know, pretty frequently. And they, they usually have teams that, you know, have really important games. They play for, you know, conference championship games and they have, you know, the, they have these spots where they, they're in these really big, important games. I, I think that they're viewing this as a very big, important game, a chance to get revenge, play spoiler on, on the on the good BYU season, stop the Zach Wilson for for Heisman. I mean, he was meant to be at Boise and then left him at the uh, 11th hour to come to BYU. So uh, I, I, you know, not that the players really care about that, but, you know, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, you know, it would be a weird thing. Be like, yeah, you didn't come here. <laughs> it's kind of a weird, weird motivation potentially. But anyhow, um, so if they get past this test, this team starts to enter some of the special conversation. And uh, even though even though they've played a really weak schedule, this is the sort of game, this is the sort of game that traditionally, with with all the things I've outlined, for whatever reason, BYU tends to kind of lose these sort of games. And um, I'm not saying they're going to lose. I think that they have the talent, the skill, the players to do it. Um, it's going to take some special things to happen. They're going to have to get breaks that they've never gotten up in Boise before. And so they're going to need a, a little helping of luck. And uh, they're going to need uh, some some really, you know, great play. I just do not see this being anything but a, a, a tight one. It's going to be close. So uh, keep your nerves. <laughs> keep your nerves in check. Uh, maybe some of you will turn to the election to relax. To relax because the BYU game will be so nerve-wracking. Who knows? I, I really do think this is going to be a close one. Same, it shouldn't be any different than any of the other games we've had in Boise. I do think the Cougars can come away with a win. It would not be surprising to me, uh, but but they are going to have. This is going to be chaotic, and uh, I'll be real curious about it. Last thing, uh, we can all see the fullback dive coming. Okay, if I can see the fullback dive coming. I promise you the, the middle linebacker, the defense attack, I, they're ready for the fullback. To, no Mason Wake on, on third and short, please. Thank you. Thank you. We li- It's fun. It's been fun. It's fun to have the fullback make some plays. I think he's well-loved on the team. All right, we've tried it. We've tried it. The guy gets stuffed on, on, on short distance down. So, uh, yeah, let's not do that one. Okay? All right. Because every single one of those is going to be huge. This is a huge. That's the other one. This is another <clears throat> stepping stone game for this coaching staff. Uh, this is the most we've ever seen a coaching staff improve. A- and this season, what, what Kalani Satake and his staff has done, they have taken a step forward. They've improved. Uh, obviously, that, that comes in conjunction with players playing much, much better than they had ever before. Zach Wilson is nothing like the guy we got for the previous two years. It's a lot better. And uh, and so I think typically you would say that Brian Harson and the Boise State staff uh, would be in a spot to 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 outcoach our guys. But again, it's another step to see you know how this gets handled. We've seen Kalani. I I think he's done less. You know he doesn't complain to the refs as much. 
He's not as uh, emotional. He's not as high up and down. He's he's really steady, and I just like I think he just keeps a pretty positive positive thing. Um, it's it's pretty cool. I, I'm happy to see him uh, improve and 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 have a, a good year like this. So um, it's another step if they can if they can go in against a group that they have been outcoached against more times than not. Uh, and, and be able to figure it out here. It would be pretty cool. So, uh, should be great. Uh, a game with a lot of intrigue. We haven't really had one this year. Uh, the Houston game gave us some some uh, of that anxiety, but I, I I'm really grateful to have a <laughs> have such a fun game on the schedule after some of these kind of boring affairs. Uh, it's been nice to see them play, I guess, but uh, I like I like having it be a, a real competition. So uh, I think we could have that this week. If not, if it's not a real competition in the favor of the Cougs, wow, wow. But I would be very surprised at that. But uh, anyway, okay, enough's enough. I appreciate you listening to uh, this episode of Cougar Cast, And I wanted to just remind you about our friends at Waveform Sleep. They have a warehouse sale. Go check them out. Enter CougarCast at checkout and get your adjustable power base from them. And also, if you enjoyed today's show, uh, check out uh, your podcast uh, place that you like the most and give us a review. Uh, and maybe it'll help other people uh, find the podcast. So appreciate that. Uh, thanks once again. I hope each of you are doing very well. And go 